and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Today, in Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18, we see some specific spin-off challenges to help us value people more. And now, with more from God's Word, here's Pastor Robert Elliott. He appreciated Epaphras and he appreciated the people that Epaphras was discipling. Number seven, he offered them the edification of Scripture, which he was writing to them and to the church at Laodicea from the Lord. He knew he was writing Scripture. Verse 16, and when this letter is read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and you, for your part, read my letter that is coming from Laodicea. He knew he was being moved of the Holy Spirit to write Scripture, and so it had to be read. In a very real sense, a preacher can literally stand up here with a Bible between you and him and simply read in faith and trust in God, and it will be a sermon. The Word of God is alive and active and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We're seeing that Paul raised Jesus Christ and his cross high enough, and when he did, he had a profound, sincere appreciation for people, even though he was in a dank, dirty dungeon, dark. Going on, he spurred and encouraged Archippus on to diligent ministry. He was thinking about someone else other than himself in verse 17. And last, he offered them God's grace. Verse 18, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my imprisonment. Grace be with you. Grace is priceless. Grace saves us. Grace secures us in that salvation. Grace smooths over the bumps in our Christian lives. Grace spurs us on toward finishing the race set before us. Grace settles us in our worries, settles us in our trials, settles us in our problems. There is no more important gift than grace. Grace is the foundation of forgiveness of sin. Grace is the melody line in the music of heaven. And he wanted them to have grace. And that's what I want for you, my brothers and sisters, grace. And so clearly when we lift the Lord Jesus Christ up high enough, we appreciate people more. Is Christ high enough for you? Is Christ high enough for you? Well, the first observation is that if a Christian will lift Jesus Christ up high enough, then that Christian will truly appreciate people more. The second observation, there are only two things that you will be able to take with you to heaven. The word of God, which stands settled forever and ever in heaven, and people you have a part in leading to salvation in Christ. Those are the only two things that you can take with you. There are no bumper hitches on funeral hearses. No U-Haul trailers. When one of the Rockefellers died, the buzz on the streets in Manhattan was, how much did he leave behind? One person said, everything. He left behind everything. So will you, and so will I. 
The only two things that we can take with us to heaven as Christians is the word of God and the people we have a part in sharing the gospel with so that they come to faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Do you know him as your Lord and Savior this morning? You may have come in today and you know church, but do you know the Lord of the church? You may have come with religion, but do you have a relationship with this living God? Have you ever admitted before him that you are a sinner who cannot save or clean yourself up enough? Have you ever understood and believed that Jesus Christ came to die, not to show you how to die, but to show you that he died in your place? That he gave his perfect blood, that you could be washed clean, given new life, given a home in heaven one day, given an abundant life right here on earth. If you've never transferred your trust to Jesus Christ alone for salvation, you are not yet a Christian. But you could be. You could pray and trust Christ only to be the remedy for your sin and your hope of heaven. I urge you to do that. And so there are only two things that any of us can take to heaven. It's the scriptures and a person we have a part in leading to Christ. The third and last observation is this, that even in prison, Paul's focus was on the family of God and not on himself. Paul's focus was on other brothers and sisters in Christ at Colossae and not on himself. Verse 18 again, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. He usually had a secretary. And as the Spirit of God moved him to write a sentence of Scripture, Paul told the scribe what to write. And the scribe wrote exactly what Paul told him to write. And Paul told the scribe to write exactly what the Spirit of God moved Paul to think. All of Paul's New Testament epistles were written by a scribe, a secretary. There's an exception at the end of the book of Galatians when Paul takes the quill and because his eyesight is hampered from seeing the risen Christ on the road to Damascus, he wrote with large letters in his own hand as he argued against legalism, adding anything to Christ to make us acceptable to God. And then here again he says, I took the pen myself because I love you at Colossae. And I want to end this after I've named 10 of you and the multiple congregations, I want to take this quill from my secretary and I'm going to write in my hand and I'm going to wish and pray for you the most important thing that any leader could wish and pray for any people. Grace be with you. Grace be with you. That's my prayer for you. Grace be with you. What difference does this make? We've seen that some truths here, but what difference do they make? Well, in the first place, I want to challenge you to do something. I want you to send one email each day for 30 days, 30 different people with encouragement and appreciation. You could do that. One email of appreciation and encouragement to one person every day for 30 days. Do you need encouragement every day? So do all the 30 people you will email. They all stand in need of encouragement too. Don't forget lost people when you do this. Don't forget our church missionaries, those who quietly serve you. For instance, your garbage man, 
Could you write a little card to thank him for what he does? And when he gets the trash, take it and just give him and say, hi, thanks so much. Your hairdresser, your barber, your propane delivery man, your bank teller, your dental hygienist. Could you try to encourage somebody once a day for 30 days? Sure you could. Next, how about this challenge? Could you pick one person who you deeply cherish but who often you take for granted. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your child. Some person that you deeply cherish, but you can easily take for granted. And could you do something one time in the next 30 days to show them that you, are, you cherish them and that you really don't know what life would be like if they were not in your life? Maybe a card, maybe a lunch, maybe a coffee break, maybe a little gift. These are exercises, church, that lift Jesus Christ high enough that we appreciate people he's given us more. Or how about this challenge? Could you take something down off your wall that elevates you? High school diploma, college diploma, trophy from softball, just take it down for 30 days to remind you that it's not all about you. And that it, as Alex Haley said when he put a turtle on a fence post, the author of Roots, they asked him, Mr. Haley, why did you take a picture of a turtle on top of a fence post? He said, ah, because the only way a turtle can get on the top of a fence post is if someone helps him up there. Maybe you take down a trophy a degree, a diploma temporarily, and you remind yourself, the only reason I got those degrees and trophies and diplomas is that somebody helped me, God principally, but other people. Or, what would it be like in the next week if you chose to answer the phone when it's the most inconvenient? <laughs> most inconvenient. Telemarketer, do you know the Lord is your savior? You know that God loves you. You must get a lot of rejection in your job. But I'll tell you someone who'll never reject you. That's your heavenly father, and he's proven it by sending Jesus to die in your place. What about answering the phone when it's least convenient when you see the call display and it's a person that typically drains you of your joy? Hi. What's up? And then listen. Or... What about going to the longest line at Walmart or Kroger, some of the part of the country, ShopRite? It's a real long line if you shop at Kroger. Uh, ShopRite, Grand Union, uh, Walmart, etc. Price Chopper. Choose the longest line at the grocery store. Why? So you could talk to somebody in the line about how they're doing. Show an interest in them. Choose the longest line at the bank to have time for people. Today's Help for the Hurting segment is brought to you by Calvary Bible Church's Christian Counseling Center. The center is located at 58 Collins Avenue, Nassau, Bahamas. If you would like an appointment or more information, dial 323-7000. That's 323-7000. Or email them at cccbahamas at gmail.com. And now, the Executive Director 
of the Christian Counseling Center, Pastor Frederick Arnett. Thank you again for having us in your home. We pray that you will be encouraged as we continue where we left off last time. And uh, again, my name is Pastor Frederick Arnett, the Executive Director of the Christian Counseling Center. And in the studio again with me is my wife, Helen Arnett. And we are going to continue, as I indicated, to look at counseling and some of the things that we discover as we counsel individuals as well as couples. Helen? Today we're going to look at the myth that it's easy to talk to a stranger than someone you know. And sometimes why persons uh, prefer talking to a stranger, a stranger doesn't know your history, but your friend or your parents know your history. And so you don't want to go to them because they're going to be judgmental. They are going to see you as a failure. And not in all cases, but you might have this idea that I don't want to disclose this, or if I share this with them, then I won't be seen as the good boy or the good girl or whoever. So we prefer to approach a total stranger, which is a professional counselor who can help you to unpack things like we mentioned last time, you might have swept under the rug for years, unfinished business, and you can have it all open. And I want to say unpacking luggage with stuff that has been stored away for years you need a safe, caring, confidential environment to do that in. Not everyone can handle that. So you want to be sure. If you have a best friend, make sure they're not going to give up on you when they see the dark side. So be careful on who you unpack with. And this is why I would suggest seek professional help. I would also like to say that there are many that is walking around in our community with all kinds of baggages that they don't need to be carrying. And that is one of the reasons why counseling is available and necessary for a lot of us. But coming back to the concern that you raised, uh, Helen, the fact that it is easier to talk to a stranger than someone you know, well, that may be so, but I think it depends on the friend. Uh, sometimes friends say what you want them to say. They don't want to discourage you. They don't want to hurt you. They want to be in your good book. They may not want to touch your real feelings, but May I say to you, the Bible is very clear when it says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 5, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. And it's very important for us to be open and honest with those that we are counseling. The therapist should objectively and honestly counsel the individual no matter what the situation is, uh, if he or she takes his or her counseling seriously, 
they should be really upfront with the individual and make sure that whatever is said is for the honor and glory of God to help that individual to come to not only a position in their lives where they give the glory to God, but also to make sure that when they leave your office, there is a sense of relief. And that has been the case over and over. There are times uh, it's just because you have a listening ear and people just want to know that they have someone that they can confidentially share important stuff with and not hear it again. So you might not have said 10 words, but they come and pour their hearts out and they look at you and say, thank you for helping me. And you didn't say very much. It's just that you listen. Listening is an art rather than trying to fix everything. And I think listening actively is an act of love. Yes. Because um, you can um, paraphrase or you can um, say to that person, is this what you're really saying? And so they really feel like they are understood, they're heard, then this might be the first time because many times when you're sharing with persons, all they're interested in is building their defense or giving you a ready-made answer. And you might not want that. All you might want to do is unpack, offload, and feel safe that finally all of the garbage I have been dragging around over these months or years I find someone who give me room to offload. And it's like, it reminds me of the slogan of MasterCard. It says, there are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's MasterCard. But I, I'll say for everything else, there's God. Amen. And there are the people who God bring into your life. Amen. Like whether it's your pastor, a good friend, or a professional caring counselor, psychologist, whoever, if you go by the MasterCard slogan and run around and shop till you drop and max out your card, you still have this debt you have to pay. But if you find yourself saying, here I am, this person wants to listen to me and wants to hear what's on my heart, at the end of the day, you walk away lighter, and freer. Yes. I can attest to the fact that as I work with especially couples, um, I've been hearing over and over and over again, I don't want my husband to fix the problem. All I want him to do is listen to me. Yeah, listen yeah to I hear me. that a lot too. I hear uh, that a lot and, too. and unfortunately, in the day in which we're living in, we are taken up with so many other things, watching the TV, uh, sports, whatever, and uh, your wife have something to say to you and you're busy watching a program instead of turning off the radio or the TV or whatever it is and listening, you would sit there and say, I, I hear you, but you're not really actively listening. Or your husband too, he wants to share, or your significant other, whoever this wants to share, but you're too busy with um, preparing a meal, or you're too busy 
working on the computer mm-hmm. or spending time with friends. And so you, uh, she shut them out. Like I said in our last uh, broadcast, we are relational people. beings. Yes. And we bond with people, not stuff. Yes. So we have to really be careful and not wait until somebody dies or get very ill and then we have all these regrets. Yes. If I only take a moment and listen. Yes. Okay, thank you very much for uh, having us again and until next time in the will of the Lord. And now, today's ministry spotlight. Well, this morning, I'm in our radio studio with Pastor Nicholas Rogers, our youth pastor at Calvary Bible Church. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Pastor Elliot, and good morning, listeners. Fabulous. We're going to do a youth segment we're calling Youth Talk. And I know that you have shared previously an issue that is before many uh, young people in the Bahamas, and that being peer pressure. And this morning, I think you have another issue you'd like to expand upon a little bit, and it also starts with the letter P. That is correct, and t- this morning we're going to deal with this uh, topic that we're all familiar with, it's called pornography. Um, if you remember the last time that I was on, I talked a little bit about the peer pressure, how it affected me with looking at pornography, and I want to just share a verse that I think is very important, because I think we need to understand that pornography isn't just something that happens, and it's just something that affects you at that moment. It affects you as you go on in life. And um, Luke eleven thirty four to 36 says, your eye is a lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful lest the light you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, have no part dark. It will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays give you light. And I think that it's very important as as a believer what we look at. Mm -hmm. Our eyes are very important because um, just like any male, it's very easy for us to look at a woman and we can say that, you know what, she's a very attractive woman. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to be very careful because what happens a lot of time, especially um, for males, is that we take it a step further. Well, I wonder what she would look like like this. Mm-hmm. And like I said, today we have so much access to the internet, um, magazines, and everything else that pornography is even shown over WhatsApp messages on social media. Um, and we have to be very careful. And I think it, this is something that um, we got to be very careful because I think sometimes in our culture, we only look at males struggling with pornography, but females as well. Um, there are uh, ladies who look at different men um, in Hollywood and think, man, he looks good, and I wish I could see him like this. And, and, and we have to be very careful because I think too many times um, pornography, like I said, it will not just affect you now, but it will affect you later on in every relationship that you ever have with a person of the opposite sex. That's so true. Uh- that's a very good and practical warning. And when I think about God's perfect design for heterosexual lifelong marriage, it is oneness that the two would become one and not just uh, intimacy wise, but two would become one in every part of their married lives together. And really pornography um, promotes traffics in uh, aloneness and in uh, isolation. And it, that's another reason why it can grow to be such a, a, a strong grip on a person because it's in an isolated situation usually. What else would you uh, think would be helpful t- for the listeners to know about the struggles that some have with pornography? I think one of the struggles and one thing we have to be very careful of is that you don't put yourself um, in the situation that pornography becomes easy for you to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, As a male or anyone, you have to take steps with the computer. Um, There are filters and stuff you can get, but even have your computer in the open Mm -hmm. so that people can see exactly what is going on in your computer. Um, 
there are many men who think that, oh, they can hide it. But you can't. Once it's shown in your computer, it's in the hard, in the hard drive. Mm-hmm. It's just like our minds. It's in hard drive. Mm-hmm. Once we see a picture, it gets easy to look at the next one. Mm-hmm. It gets easy to look at the other one. And then, like I said, the list goes on and the list goes on. And I think that we have to be very careful um, because what we, we have to take measures. Um, there are different programs, again, that you can use to um, you need accountability, especially men uh, who are listening um, and teens. If you are a born-again believer, find an older guy who can help you. Like I said, this is something that men have struggled with from the beginning of time. We can think of people in the Bible, someone like David, who was a man after God's own heart, who looked upon a woman and didn't stop there. He went on to commit adultery. Yeah. And, you know, if David, like I said, a man after God's own heart, he did it. Yes. What makes us think that we won't fall into that same sin and temptation? Um, and like I said, it doesn't have to just be um, somebody that we're looking at on a computer. Um, we could go to the beach. It's summertime. People go on the beach and look at different women. And, you know, like I said, you have to be very careful because what can happen is you can look at that woman and think deeper. Oh, I wish I could see her like this. And I think that we have to make, keep measures just like an alcoholic. An alcoholic should never go close to a bar room because he may want another drink. It's just like me. If I know I struggle with a sin, I shouldn't go to the beach all the time trying to look for women. And yeah. we have some people who do that. Right. Yeah. So you, you, you steer yourself as much as is possible away from uh, known temptation. Um, that, that's good. And the other thing that has been pointed out to me by uh, Dr. John MacArthur when I was at a pastor's conference is that we live with technology that makes our screens smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And the smaller our screen becomes on our device, the uh, easier it is for us to uh, be doing things on our devices that don't honor God and drive us into a, a a sinful privacy and not a, a godly privacy. So I appreciate uh, you addressing this. It's not an easy topic to address, but a needful one. And uh, may our listeners themselves be uh, free from that any addiction to pornography. And may they pray for uh, the younger people they know in their lives or for they themselves that they'd also know victory in this area. I would say um, one more thing in closing, um, just to think about because um, Galatians 5:16 says, "So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature." I think we have to be very careful because, as a, just like you think of someone on a diet, they won't give in to the temptation of chocolate cake and things like that. You know, you wouldn't want that. And I think that we need to starve our sin nature so that it will shrink and it will get smaller. Because what will happen is, once we give it an inch, it's going to take the mile, and I think that's going to grow so extreme that it's going to be hard to stop. That's a good word. Thanks so much for uh, this time with Youth Talk. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior. <laughs>